will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be in my mouth from 9 a.m. to 11. When the praise team's singing my favorite song. When they select, he's worthy of it all. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from most of all my fears. Turn to somebody and say all. Tell them all still means all. Ask them if they're afraid of anything. They don't have to answer you. Just ask them. Now, you that have just been asked that, if the answer is any kind of yes, well, sort of, kind of, there's some things that concern me, then that's all. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his fears and all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I want to talk to us about senseless praise today. The power of senseless praise. Amen. This uh, chapter in Psalms 34 is referring to a time in David's life when he was going through a very trying time. That's why the language is what it is. He is referring back to a time when he is running from Saul and he is being pursued. Uh, amen. Saul is hurling javelins at him, trying to nail him to the wall, trying to take his life out. The incident is in 1 Samuel 21. If you want to go read it, you can. David said, even when life, uh, my life is being threatened, uh, amen, my life is at stake, uh, I'm on the run from the enemy, I'm not having a good day. I'm really being transparent here to tell you I'm the king, but I am on the run and I am afraid. But, it's not going to last long because even when I'm afraid, even when my enemy is on my heels, instead of being fearful long, I'm going to turn around to begin to praise right in the face of my fears. I understand praising God when victory comes. I understand having a praise when Goliath falls down. I understand having a victory dance when the lion and the bear take their last breath. 
But it's difficult to get your mind around the fact that when you're being pursued and when your life is being threatened and things are going against you, that then and even then you would lift up your voice and say, I will praise God even now. That's why the Psalms are filled with hope. When you get down and you get discouraged and you're going through trials, uh, you don't go to the book uh, of uh, Numbers. You go to the book of Psalms. Why? Because David has learned how to overcome fear. And he says, I am not going to let fear dictate the temperature of the atmosphere around me. But I'm going to lift up a praise, whether it's a good day or a bad day. And I'm going to lift up the praises of God and change my atmosphere. The Psalms are filled with David's transparency before the Lord. His lifestyle of praise. Everyone say lifestyle. We've got to graduate from, amen, an act of praise to a lifestyle of praise. Amen. An act of praise is when something good happens, uh, I praise. When something positive happens, uh, I have a praise. Uh, But a lifestyle of praise says uh, I don't really even recognize whether it's good or bad. Uh, Out of my mouth is going to be a continual praise. David learned and shared the power of senseless praise. Defies reason. You ought to walk in here and out of here and people say, that is one crazy dude. Why are they always just weird? They're always praising God. They're always... It appears having a great day. Well, there's more to it than meets the eye. They have learned the power of not letting circumstance dictate to them how they respond. It defies reason for you to have praise sometimes. It should defy reason for you to stand to your feet, clap your hands, and lift your voice and look to the heavens where your help comes from. You don't even know when it's going to show up, but you know it's going to come from above, not below. In our reading, David describes the situation that he was forced to leave and flee his own country, and Saul's rage toward him was hot. Everyone say hot. He was ticked off in our lingo. He was after him. He was, David was a dead man running in Saul's eyes. He was so, amen, angry with him. And David was seeking shelter in the land of the Philistines. Listen to that. He was in such a desperate way that he was in the land of the Philistines seeking shelter. His identity is revealed. And Ahimelech, the priest, thought that he was a spy. Achish the king said that David was possibly somebody that needed to be extinguished. But David, the Bible says, feigned himself crazy. But if you understand really what it means... David wasn't acting crazy. He was just having a praise fit. Because he knew his enemy would not understand his praise. So to David, it was praise unto God. But to his enemy, it was foolishness. Oh, somebody needs to hear this today. 
Amen. When you're in this house and you decide to praise God in spite of your circumstance, you know what you're doing. But to the enemy, he thinks, oh, I got them now. They're acting foolish. I wish somebody would show your enemy, hey, I'm going to go ahead and act foolish in your eyes, but what you don't know is I'm activating help from heaven in my situation, and I'm going to be victorious because of God. The strategy works. David escapes without incident or punishment. Even when he was fleeing Saul, even when he was frightened by danger of being caught by Saul and punished by King Achish, uh, amen, it remained uh, that David was calm in the situation and turned uh, to praise even when things seemed uh, to be going against him. Today, I'm not talking about, uh, amen, the praise we give uh, when we get a raise and a new car and a, a new suit uh, and a new pair of shoes. Uh, I'm not talking about praise that makes sense. I'm talking about praise when we're in distress. Praise when it doesn't make sense to have praise. Praise when... When you read Psalms, we see very plainly there are two types of praise. Praise when it makes sense and praise when it doesn't. It's much easier to praise God when you got your foot on the head of a lion and a bear. It's easier to praise God when the anointing oil is still running down your face. It's easy to praise God when you got the Ark of the Covenant with you. It's easy to praise the Lord when the praise team, in David's case, the ladies with the timbrels and the, the dancers came out and said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. Oh, it's easy to have a praise when people are at your back. It's easy to praise God when the sun is shining. It's easy to praise God when they're singing the right song. It's easy to praise God when you're having a good day in your estimation. But David said, I'm not going to just praise him when everything is going well. We should praise him then. But David said, ah, he's still worthy of my praise even when I can't make any sense. Even when the ark is in another place. Even when, uh, amen, I don't understand what's going on. Amen. When David uh, is on the run from his enemy and Saul is throwing javelins. Uh, amen. David said, I will have a praise now. When my wife is mocking my dance and my devotion, let me talk to somebody. You may have walked in here alone today and discouraged because uh, you've got family that's not with you and you've got people that are against you and there's no support system behind you. Let me tell you something, a, a secret that you can learn. Do not rely on your good days coming from other people. You need to say to yourself, amen, I may be alone here today, but I've got the one that matters most behind me. Amen, the Lord is on my side. And I'm going to praise him in spite of what's going on around me. I love it that David is so transparent 
He said, when my heart is overwhelmed. You may be here today and you think everyone in the house is having a great day and it couldn't be better for them and you're the only one that walked in here overwhelmed. I've got news for you. Reach up with your praise and say, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I may be having a tough day, but it's about to get better because somebody lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Uh, he said one place, a host is encamped against me. But in this will I be confident. In this situation, I'm going to praise the Lord. In this situation, I will not let my lips close shut and become sealed with inactivity. But I will praise the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is not some little Sunday school, and I'm not minimizing that. But this is not some minor lesson for us today. I know I've preached on praise before, but we need a continual understanding of the power of praise and the power of praise being released into situations that are less than favorable. David said, when adversity hits, I'll just let it add a verse. When adversity hits, I'm going to let it add a verse to my life. He's talking about, talking about a chorus never changes. A chorus is repeated. You know, we do it sometimes. The chorus, the chorus, the chorus, the chorus. Then we sing the verse. The chorus is like the praise that makes sense in our life where we like to live and stay and sing. But a verse tells a story. It's the verses in the song that you get the heart of the composer. You get the pain of the one producing the song. It's telling a story about how we overcome. By and by, we'll understand it better by and by. We are often tossed and driven on the reckless sea of life. I don't know the rest of the words, but you got to trust me. It's telling a story. The chorus is by and by. We'll understand it better by and by. But in the verse, you get the fact that the reason they're talking about the by and by is because they're going through a little hell on earth. But it's not enough to shut them up. It's not enough to get them out of the race. It's not enough to get them to be quiet. They just decided to add a verse. To tell some detail. Can I tell you, when God saves you, you know Him as a Savior. Sister Lori, we told her testimony, just the cliff notes today. The Lord gave her the Holy Ghost, and she was born again of water and spirit. Powerful. Amen. When He saves you, He becomes your Savior. When He heals you, he becomes your healer. When he delivers you, he becomes your deliverer. Just, just take a second real quick. If he's ever healed you, would you stand? Can, okay. Thank you. You know him as a healer. 
No one can come to you and say, oh, that stuff's just a bunch of phony baloney. No, why? Because I already know him as a healer. You can't take that away from me. You can be seated. Does anybody know him as a deliverer? Has he ever delivered anybody? And this isn't everyone, because when we start talking about deliverance, uh, some people get a little bit shy. But let me tell you something. We shouldn't be shy to praise God, because without his help, we would have never been delivered. But because he's a deliverer, amen, he has delivered us from the snare of the enemy. Okay, watch this one. Go ahead and be seated. Has anybody ever experienced the peace of God? I'm talking about you're going through a storm and God just wrap you in his arms and say, it's going to be all right. Then you know him as a comforter. I'm so glad I know him as a comforter. Amen. I know him as a one who gives peace beyond understanding. You see, the longer, these are like, these are like verses. The longer we live, the more verses our song has. The more adversity you get through, the more verses your song has. David determined that praise would be a part of every situation. You might as well go ahead and get in your spirit now. I'm going to be a praiser. Whether I'm just singing my chorus and everything's going right and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and life is Great, I'm going to have a song. But when the floods are rising and the flames are kindling, anybody hear me today? Doesn't, doesn't it encourage somebody to, to know that the Word says, when I walk through, The valley of the shadow of death. When you walk through the fire, the flame shall not kindle upon you. You know why they have to tell you, do not run in a fire? Because it's the natural instinct to run. But God says you're going to be going through some fiery trials. Uh, but when you walk, walk. When you walk, I'm talking to somebody in the Holy Ghost. When you walk through the fire, the flame will not be able to kindle on you. Why? Because God is protecting you and he is shielding you. And what the enemy meant for evil, God will not allow it to accomplish what the enemy wanted to do. Amen. So God shields us. Yeah. David said, God's going to be a part of my every day, every situation, every circumstance, every season of life, especially when it doesn't make sense. There's some key revelations we need to understand about praise. Praise is a weapon. There are others, but praise is a mighty weapon. 
There's great power at your disposal when you praise. You see, it's not, we've got to break this mindset that somehow it's got to be orchestrated and calculated and led by somebody. No, no, no. Praise is a weapon. And there's great power at your disposal when you praise God during warfare. Praise brings victory. Praise brings deliverance. Amen. Second Chronicles. Amen. There's a great example of praise being given to Jehoshaphat and the people of God. They were facing a great adversity. Amen. And it says uh, that they were uh, being pressed by the children of Moab and the children of Ammon. Amen. And they were uh, being attacked and, and in battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee. Somebody say a great multitude. Already it doesn't make sense. You're outnumbered, Jehoshaphat. You ever notice how encouraging people can be sometimes? Hey, there's a great multitude after you. The doctor gives you a report. It's a great multitude. If you listen to the news, talk about a great multitude. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. I was just praying this morning in my devotion time, and I started thinking back. You know what? The devil is the biggest con artist and liar there is in the history of the world. He had everyone thinking they were going to die pre-pandemic and coming into the pandemic. But And some people did, and I'm not making light of that. But can I tell you, amen, given the percentages of the people on the face of the earth, that it didn't even make a blip on the radar? Please understand me saying that is not to be unsensitive to situations that are close to us. I'm not saying that for that reason. But we need to understand his tactic was to try to drive fear into people's minds. And I thought today, here we are on the other side. It's almost a distant memory already. Why? Because uh, we got through it the way every, every generation gets through stuff. They just keep on marching. And they just keep on living. And they keep on occupying. We're still here, just like those that came through the Spanish flu and the Civil War and every other calamity, not making light of it. But let's not camp out in the woe is me land. Hallelujah. Hey, there's a great multitude against you. Look at verse 3. He did what we do. That's why I like to read this. He feared. And then he set himself to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Now it's great that he did that, but can you imagine if he was seeking the Lord before he got the report? The way he should have been. 
he would have responded, oh, okay. God, <laughs> dust them. I'm not going to fear. Why? Because God is for me. Who can be against me? But he feared, and we fear because sometimes our focus is off. And then we seek the Lord. That's what we should do, but that's what we should be doing before the report comes. Verse 12 says, Our God will not judge them, for we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. This is revelation. We don't know what we should do, and in life sometimes we really don't know what we should do. But... Our eyes are on you, Lord. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. My hope is in God. And all Judah, verse 13, stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, amen, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, uh, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Jehaziel re releases a prophetic word. He said, Hearken all, all ye Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the king of Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Because you have turned to me, I have taken on your cause. Because you didn't try to go out and fight it in your own flesh, I am going to fight for you. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Ah, there's no accident here. He didn't send the army out. And then sing the praisers behind them to celebrate the victory. That's what we do sometimes. We want to send the army out, and then when we see a victory, then, oh, we're going to shout and celebrate. No. God said, this is how you're going to fight this battle. You're going to send the praisers out first. You're going to go in the posture of victory first. And then the battle's already going to be won because you sent praise first. Somebody needs to see what the Lord is saying to us today. Don't wait until a victory happens and then celebrate. Send the celebration of praise first. And then watch God destroy your enemy. <laughs> Oh, this isn't new, but we miss it sometimes. What are you going to say? Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. 
praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Sing and praise to the Lord. And he sent ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab. Amen. And when it came, they came against Judah, they were smitten, utterly destroyed. Listen to what it says that they did in verse 23. Everyone helped to destroy another. In other words, Jehoshaphat and all of Israel sat back and watched the enemy defeat itself. It's back to that confusion that praise sends out. Praise will send out a confusion over your enemy. I, this is tried and proven. This isn't some, some little store I'm hoping works. This is the Word of God. It worked there, and it's worked for me, and it's worked for every single person that's ever been a praiser. If you will praise God before the battle starts uh, or when the battle starts uh, or when the enemy looks intimidating, uh, if you will begin to praise God uh, when you walk into your house... Uh, Notice I didn't start with walking into church, uh, but you walk into your house praising God. You come out of your house praising God. You get in your car saying, the victory is the Lord's. Uh, I will rejoice in the Lord. Uh, uh, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't see how the help's coming. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I do know I'm going to be victorious uh, because I am going to praise God in spite of what I see. And you watch the enemy start turning on himself. I'm telling you it happened today for me this morning a situation I've been dealing with we've been dealing with the Lord let that thing start turning on itself I had made up my mind to start dealing with the situation and when I walked in amen I heard that God had already started on it Praise brings victory and deliverance every time. It says that none escaped. There were dead bodies fallen to the earth all around them. None escaped. None escaped. None escaped. What does that mean? When God deals with it, it's over. When God rolls up his sleeve, it's over. If they would have fought the battle, some might have escaped and they'd have had to deal with it next week and next month, next year. But God said, no, I'm going to utterly destroy this situation and you're going to see that I'm going to totally deal with it. I'm speaking prophetically to something today. I, I, I'm not a prophet, but I'm speaking with a spirit of prophecy in some sort of way. I feel that. You need to be invoking praise into your situation. Don't think you're going to roll up your sleeve and do something about it. 
We need to... We need to humble ourselves and seek the Lord and say, God, this situation is bigger than I am, but it's not bigger than you. What should we do? We're looking to you. We're looking to heaven. We're looking to you for our help. Uh, our help comes from the Lord. And the Lord said, because you ask me, it's going to turn in your favor. Listen how they left the battle. Verse 27, they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemy. How did God make them rejoice over their enemy? Just sing to me and I'll take care of the rest. Just sing a two-line song and watch me go to work. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. Amen. It doesn't have to be complicated, but if somebody in the house today would decide, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sing that same song. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. I'm not going to get caught up on how it's working out and how it's going to work out and turn out. I know how it's going to turn out. They came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets under the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdom. Hear me. The fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. You know what that means? He had rest. And peace. Can I tell you the rest and the peace that you want in your situation is only after you turn it into a praise service. It's when God goes to fight for you that your soul can begin to rest because it's all in the hands of the Lord. And because He is in control, it's going to turn out for your good. Amen. God was revealing to his people and to us the power that comes from our praise. Can I just give us a little admonition today? Be careful not to limit praise to a few people that stand up here on Sunday. I'm not minimizing praise teams. This is where we get it. They sent out praisers before the army. The beginning of the service isn't because we don't know what else to do. It's a spiritual revelation and understanding that we praise the Lord to drive back the evil, to lift the oppressive spirits that have tried to attack you and wear you out and come upon your mind and bog your mind down your spirit when we come in here we begin to sing and praise God amen let me tell you something do not limit it to a few people that hold microphones 
Everyone in the house is a praiser. You may not be a preacher, evangelist, a missionary. You may not be some five-fold ministry, but every person in the house is a praiser, is a praiser called by God to activate yourself in the praise team. Amen. It's not a profession. And praisers are not just artists. I'm telling you what we can, we're falling into it. It becomes entertainment if just a few people are, are considered the praisers. I feel like I got to say this because I don't want anybody to take offense. I used to be on the praise team in a worship place. I know what I'm talking about. It's not to minimize somebody's gifting, but what it is to do is to cause us to understand it's not limited to that, and it's not exclusively for a few people who have a good voice. My Bible says for me to lift up a joyful noise unto the Lord with a loud sound. Oh, I wish I had some joyous praisers in the house that will lift up a loud sound. Amen. Praise awaits you in Zion today, God. Let's take it a little step further. I wish some people that are going through a little hell and high water would say, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to wait till the battle's over. I'm going to praise God now. I'm going to lift up my voice now. I'm going to give God praise now before the battle turns, uh, before I see the answer, before the answer comes. Uh, I'm going to praise the Lord now, 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 now. <laughs> Come on, it's an expression of the heart. A praiser is something on the inside, not on the outside. It makes its beginning in the soul, not the vocal cords. Praise connects with and activates the spirit world. That's why hell wants, to, wants you to sit down and be quiet. You shouldn't be praising the Lord. He hasn't answered you yet, and he's not going to. So sit down. Yeah. Oh, now be quiet, Brother Tom. You know the Lord hasn't totally answered your situation. Sit down. Be quiet. Sit down and be quiet. The Lord hasn't healed you completely yet. You're just getting a little bit better, but I'm going to bring something else on you. Liar. Amen. Praise him for what he has done. Praise him for what he is doing. Hallelujah. That's it, Sister Pam. You're praising now. You got a house now, but you were praising him before you got the house. You were praising him before it ever turned out your way. If we'd praise God before, more things would happen. Angels accompany praise. Why? Because angels accompany presence. Presence. Not presence like wrapped to gifts. Presence like manifestation. When you praise the Lord, not only does God show up, but his warriors show up. They come with swords drawn. Somebody's praising me. Somebody turn the atmosphere. God said, come and take care of business. <laughs> when you 
This is what this is the word. He inhabits the praise of his people. He lives there. If we don't build God a house with our praise, he's not showing up. But the moment you begin to lift up praise, God inhabits your situation and all of his angels come with him. Angels accompany the Lord's presence. And when you praise him, he occupies and he inhabits your praise. Trust me, the devil doesn't want to stick around where you turn up the heat. When you praise, it turns up the heat. He's like, I'm going to live for eternity in heat. I don't want to stick around in this heat. The consuming fire shows up when you praise God. The devil has to flee when you praise him because God, he doesn't want to try to occupy the same space as God because he was kicked out of heaven at the speed of lightning because he rose up against God because he couldn't stand to praise God. He only praised himself. He's used to getting kicked out of God's presence. Hello? You want the devil to leave your situation? Kick him out. How do I kick him out? I just praise God. God shows up and the devil leaves. Well, I tried that and he comes back. Praise again. Praise again. Continually praise. You know when we have trouble with the enemy is when we're not praising God. When, when our lips get sealed and we start speaking problems. We start, start speaking what's going on wrong and how dark the day is and how bad I'm feeling and how the report just doesn't look like it's ever going to turn out. And we start speaking the problem, speaking the problem. And just like praise attracts God, uh, our complaining and our murmuring and our speaking of the problem attracts the enemy. And God says, I can't inhabit that space uh, because it's not faithful. It's not filled with faith and praise. Amen. So I have to leave. Somebody needs to add a verse. 